Hello and welcome to Harney's Practically Speaking podcast series. My name is Rachel Graham and I'm a transactional partner based in Harney's London office. And today I'm joined by Amy Roost. Hi, Amy. Hi, Rachel. I am Director of Client Services for Harney's Fiduciary, also based in the London office, having relocated from the BVI where I spent many years. Thank you. The, the purpose of this series is to provide listeners with some more practical advice and discussion of some of the issues that they might be facing in relation to their BVI companies. We think that it will be of, or we hope that it will be of interest to directors, shareholders, and perhaps trustees of BVI trusts. In this first podcast, what, what we will aim to do is have, have a chat about some of the challenges that are being faced by stakeholders in BVI entities in response to the COVID-19. This, this is a pandemic, the likes of which we've never seen before across the world. And there are many different issues that stakeholders in BVI entities may be facing. The two such issues we we thought might be useful to discuss today relate to economic substance compliance and reporting and also directors of companies which might find themselves in financial difficulties. Amy, as you know, there will be a number of BVI entities that have sought over the last few months to classify themselves for economic substance purposes. Others might be putting in place arrangements in order for them to comply with those obligations. For example, making arrangements for directors to travel to the BVI. Obviously, with the COVID-19 travel restrictions, some of these arrangements might be difficult or impossible to fulfil. Have the authorities in the BVI given any guidance as to what should be done in these circumstances? Thanks, Rachel. Yes, they have. Uh, The ITA released some guidance on the 27th of March, which basically outlined that they expect the economic substance requirements to be met, which does require meetings to be held in the BVI where they are considering core income generating activity. So they have clarified that they expect entities to use alternates where possible. What's an alternate? Uh, sorry to interrupt there. I was just wondering, what, what, what do you mean by alternate director? So uh, the, the directors can convey their powers to an alternate who is in the British Virgin Islands to, to make the decisions there on their behalf for the purposes of, of that specific meeting. Oh, perfect. So that, that gets around the, the difficulty of not being able to travel to the BVI. Yeah, absolutely. We have um, a, a whole range of professionals based in the BVI able to attend meetings as directors on behalf of entities. Has the ITA given any indication as to whether these arrangements will will continue indefinitely? They've made it clear that this is just a temporary arrangement. They are conscious of the threat of COVID-19 and have reminded entities of their obligations, but have tried to assist by pointing out ways that entities can still meet the requirements. So the useful alternates, as we've discussed, also virtual meetings. So two directors don't have to be in the same room across the boardroom table. But yes, it's very temporary. And in the event that directors couldn't make their decisions from the BVI to meet the directed and managed requirement, they would need to document 
why they haven't been able to meet the requirement and be prepared to submit that to to evidence as usual the key message is to to record what steps companies are taking in order to try and comply with their obligations whether they they be for economic substance or or, or for other reasons more of which we'll, we'll get on to later but the the key message is keep records use alternates don't worry about not being able to travel the ITA is taking a practical and pragmatic approach to the situation and to people's obligations. Yes, and just a couple of other points. Remembering that only meetings discussing core income generating activity have to happen in the BVI. And where the meeting does happen, have to happen in the BVI, they only have to achieve a quorum in the BVI to meet the requirements. So, so that might assist too. Yes, absolutely. Thanks very much. So moving on to the second area, uh, unfortunately, in these in these testing times, uh, increasingly people are seeing financial difficulty and, and beginning to predict financial hardships going forward. I would like to just discuss practically what directors should be considering at this time and, and what steps they can be taking if they if they are indeed experiencing hardships. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the, the current situation that we find find ourselves in is 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 not is not commonplace um but in the same way that directors who find their companies moving towards financial difficulties for for whatever reason directors in 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 the current climate should be uh, making sure that they understand and know the the financial position of of their company and, and particular make sure that they document um, and, and discuss the final financial situation and, and make sure that all, all the relevant directors and officers uh, of the company have access to that information. Um, another thing that they should be doing is looking closely at their relationships with their, with their bankers. Unfortunately, in, in times like this, uh, both lenders and borrowers are, are tend to be looking out for themselves so directors can't um, just rely on on the good relationships that they may have had with their banks in the past so really the long and short of that is is if the company is finding itself in severe financial difficulty to the extent that perhaps a restructuring or a reorganization might be needed um, the best approach would be for the directors to engage with their bankers or external lenders and advisors at an early stage and to document all of those discussions one of the reasons why they 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 want to do or they they should do this is because there is a a point in time where directors duties shift from those of the the company and its shareholders as a whole towards its its creditors and this isn't a, a, a specific point in time, but it is generally accepted that if you are moving into the realms of, of financial difficulties, your, your working capital is running out or there are cash flow issues, that um, you should start thinking more about how you are behaving as directors and, and whether you are taking prudent and reasonable decisions in the circumstances. And uh, why should directors be, be concerned about the risk of insolvency personally? 
There are a number of provisions in our Insolvency Act and also in the, the Companies Act in the BVI, which, which are very similar to those in other common law jurisdictions that can impose personal liability on directors uh, in certain circumstances. So, so the key message for, for directors, again, is to make sure that they have adequate information in, in order to make decisions make sure that they get appropriate advice from those who can assist them. It, it may well be worth talking to financial advisors who, who can be more objective and don't know that much about the business in the first place to, to come in with a fresh set of eyes as to restructurings or, or workouts with creditors that, that might um, take the company in the right direction and allow it to, to, to weather this storm. So the, the other set of advisors that should, should become engaged in this process are, are usually uh, the, the insurers. So those who provide perhaps uh, directors or offer officer insurance. Again, it's more to keep them in the loop, to be transparent. And that if in the unfortunate circumstances claim needs to be made, that there has been full disclosure. And how about group structures, perhaps with financing arrangements? That, that's a good question, because usually in a, in a group situation, if you are a director of a, a, a subsidiary, it, it, would, it wouldn't be unusual to look to your parent company to provide some sort of guarantee or financial support. Unfortunately, when you have a worldwide pandemic like this that is affecting entities all, all over the world, it may not be reasonable to, to take such a broad brush approach. So again, conversations with the right people at the right time, well documented, it is the fair and reasonable approach. Thanks very much. Thanks very much, Amy. I do hope that our listeners have enjoyed the, the topics we have discussed today. Throughout this series, we aim to have conversations with different specialists and to cover a wide range of issues. If there are any areas which are of particular interest, please do let us know. Thanks very much for listening and see you next time.